Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. And get ready, the scorecard is uh, 3-0 and here with Alex Ben Block uh, back with uh, us on the advertising show this week. Being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine, visit online at adage.com. The advertising show, a big radio midgets production. If you were with us last week, you heard a whole bunch about the uh, television industry, and we're not through. We'll have another few segments with Alex today. In uh, just a few minutes, uh, Patrick Meyer, our marketing insider, is with us talking about the China Syndrome. And uh, a little bit later, no, that's not right. That's the wrong one. I'm so sorry. We've got uh, Jeffrey Ginnemer coming your way next. Yes, I knew that. Wrong, Wrong page. Well... Uh, thinking about quitting, it, you know, seriously, thinking about quitting your job because you're not satisfied with, uh, oh, I don't know, the product, your boss, the, the terms, yeah. da 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 da. Yeah. You gotta listen to this; it'll be uh, it'll be pretty good. And um, and then later on, it's uh, Patrick Meyer, the marketing insider, and women hold the secret. Well, we know that mm-hmm. we're sure. married. Well, yeah, right. So how are you doing? Good. And my wife's uh, held the secret many times. And, uh, <laughs> well, it wouldn't be a secret issue. That's true. That. No, uh, Outdoor Advertising uh, Association of America has just released some numbers. It's relating to last year. Here it is June. I guess it's time we got these numbers out. Yeah. Uh, second fastest growing ad segment, outdoor or out of home, behind the Internet, grew 8% last year to $6.8 billion, according to figures released. The new uh, digital technology springing up every day, ad spending, uh, I said with new uh uh, digital technology springing up every day. Ad spending and out of home has grown 68% wow. over the past decade with out of home rec- record revenue just over $4 billion. Among the top categories, uh, Ray, for advertising, mm-hmm. uh, spending was up 10% in the top 10. Six increased ad budgets in insurance and real estate. Out of home, second biggest ad category. And the fastest growing category was up 26% to more than $660 million. And the medium's uh, largest category, Mm -hmm. that being local services and amusements, remained the number one category, up 16.4%. That's more than a billion dollars over the year before. So Hmm. good good news for uh, outdoor. But uh, of all the media out there that's struggling, yeah. Outdoors growing and uh, giving, uh, giving. I should guess the internet a, a little. I don't want to say a run for its money, but staying up with them. Well, we we may use the internet to be uh, convenient and such, but we certainly use our cars to get around town. Right. Just remember to put your family dog or your child on the board, and you'll right. have a winner. And and just use it like a newspaper ad. Oh yeah, put, put everything in there. Put, put, put some phone copy. numbers. Yeah. You got. Three, four phone numbers. Because after all, when you see people drive by at 60, 70 miles per hour, when you slow down and when (laughs) you're looking at your billboard, Mr. Local Advertiser, (laughs) sure, people are really only going 20 on that freeway. And plus, they had a chance to study the ad, the billboard, before they got in the car. Don't forget that. You know the number because it's yours. Yeah, but I mean all the people speeding by. Oh, yeah, right. And and by the way, let's get innovative here. Scratch and sniff outdoor advertising. It's a great concept, Mm -hmm. but just no one's figured it out yet. No. Because they're going too fast. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, Dutch flags, or ditch the flags, it says. Dutch flags? <laughs> there we go. Uh, Beth Snyder, uh, out of the Advertising Age, uh, says, ditch the flags. Kids don't care where you come from. 
basically what they're suggesting, you may be proud to be an American, as we are, uh, or Korean or Swedish, but you won't impress the kids by bragging about it. And what they're suggesting here is once upon a time, it did make sense for proudly announcing a product's uh, country of origin in your advertising, American-made. Many car dealers did that as well. Sure. Uh, but uh, technophiles knew the best electronic equipments came from Japan. Mm. So consequently, if you did have an American-made product, that wasn't such a hot deal. And uh, people of a certain stripe will always argue that Belgium makes the best beer. Well, okay. What, would you agree with that? I think no. That, uh, I don't know. I don't agree. Uh, no. Even even today, big brands like Chevrolet spend tens of millions a year reminding us that they are as homemade as apple pie, and uh, basically that's what they're suggesting. I don't know that that's such a good idea, especially in the car making industry, because right. basically America really screwed themselves, and I don't, you know, and I say that in the nicest sense. Right. Out of out of the, uh, the the top spot of being a good car maker, mm-hmm. I mean America went to sleep uh, or at the uh, wheel. Yeah, some yes yes like that group. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, seriously, you know, made in America, just make it right. Right. I don't care where you make it. Of course. Make it right, and then things will be fine. So they don't care about the country of origin because of the way of their world has been defined, according to Ted Morris, a senior VP of Global Alliances at uh, Brand Intel. Yes. Uh, being online transcends geography. Point of origin is becoming less relevant. Right, and you're my parents. Uh, out of the uh, older generation that, you know, our parents went, to, you know, to World War II. Yeah. Not maybe parents, but certainly mm-hmm. the father. And... Uh, you know, there was all this stigma about buy American or not buying Japanese and, right. and supporting American growth and so forth. And, you know, those days are over. It's a global, it's a global yeah. economy, and, and I don't think consumers, as you pointed out in that article, are really even caring <laughs> where they buy whatever. And a lot of these, uh, staying with automotive for a moment, a lot of these vehicles are component-made products that are They're made global. in various yeah. parts of the world. And then they are assembled here right. to keep people happy about right. buying American. Right, exactly. Yeah, so. Well, it's my aunt, uh, when she was alive, and my uncle, they would not buy anything right. Japanese. Right. Would not. Right. And there's many that still won't of that older generation. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I don't know where Depends are made. Hopefully are they made in America? I, I think they're made in China. <laughs> I don't know that. Anyway. We've got uh, Jeffrey Gittimer here on the advertising show with us. Quick takes on sales and customer relations with Jeffrey Gittimer, nationally syndicated columnist in the network of city business journals and other great publications worldwide. If you're offended by common sense commentary, don't you dare listen. Now, here's Jeffrey. Jeffrey, I'm not doing well. Jeffrey, they're setting too high a goal for me. Jeffrey, I don't like my boss. Jeffrey, I'm in a slump. Jeffrey, our products is not good. Jeffrey... I think I should go someplace else. And I say to that, you know what? Your head's probably already someplace else. Your mind is gone from your job. But here's what to do. If you leave where you are and you go someplace new and you haven't achieved where you are, the odds are you're going to talk about them bad. You're going to be disgruntled at your next place. And you're not going to have the success that you're looking for where the grass is always greener. I recommend to every person that says to me, I'm leaving my job for something better, I recommend that first you become the number one salesperson in your company. Take the extra two or three months and work so hard that you become number one. And when you do, on the day you become number one, quit 
then. Quit at the top of the heap so that people are dragging you by the ankle. No, don't leave. Please don't leave. You're our best salesperson. When you can say that you're number one and it's time for me to move on, then you can get to the next plateau and achieve greater success. Don't leave a loser. Leave a winner. Quick takes on sales and customer relations from The Advertising Show, the only radio show in America featuring Jeffrey Gittimer as a regular weekly guest. To learn more about his books, tapes, CDs, and speaking engagements, log on to Gittimer.com, G-I-T-O-M-E-R.com. And tune in next week when we'll hear Jeffrey say, This is Jeffrey Gittimer reminding you that if no one responds to your ad, it may be because your ad sucks. Our second show with Alex here. See, Alex is a senior columnist at HollywoodToday.net. So we'll uh, check out Alex and see what he has to say. All of the things that were left unsaid last week will be commented on this week at yeah. the advertising show. What, do you have something there? Well, just uh, staying with the TV idea here, the, there's a boom apparently expected in the coming uh, coming up in pay TV services that will be driven by IPTV, for those that don't know, Internet Protocol Television, of course, and this according to a research firm called iSupply, which has come up with some very interesting numbers, Ray. Uh, I'll tell you more about it, but the firm predicted all pay TV services will bring $133 billion in revenue this year, up 11% of $120 billion last year. Year. So the forecast is that they'll pay uh, pay TV revenue will soar in uh, by 2010. Interesting. Very good. We'll talk about that in uh, just a little while. Next is Alex Benblock at the Advertising Show. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Schillens and Brad Forsyth. Uh, these are the three largest selling soft drinks. Now, let's have a look and see what makes them so popular. As you can see, this one is a cola. It looks like a cola. Well, we promised we'd have him back, and we are and true to our promise here. Like the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. We're part of the, that's part of the NAB code. We have to be truthful, right? That's right. We're uh, back with Alex Ben Block, senior columnist at HollywoodToday.net. Alex, uh, thanks for joining us again this weekend. My goodness, he's not getting his long cut, obviously, because he's talking to us for two weekends that's in true. a row. Yeah. Grass has got to be growing a little bit long there, but that's okay. I'm always glad to put the fizz back at the advertising. <laughs> yeah, thanks. And we're happy to have you fizzing and stirring things up. We like fizz. Yeah, uh, yeah. we did a great job of covering the upfronts last week, and I want to transition out of that. I know uh, you have an article that's uh, out that uh, I believe it was uh, – the uh, trade publication for the TV Academy, and I think it's entitled the uh, Emmy Magazine. But it talked a little bit about the uh, uh, the upcoming uh, ad guarantees, which may be something common among some networks, but not uh, not the real broadcast networks out there. Talk a little bit about that, Alex. Well, this is still relatively experimental across television. It's true that a number of cable networks, uh, including the Weather Channel, Discovery Network, and others, have experimented with this. But NBC uh, last year did an experiment, and this year has made it part of their sales pitch. And what this is about is not just guaranteeing how many people are going to watch a show, but also guaranteeing that those people actually watch the show and remember what they saw. What a concept. Yeah. And so NBC has made a deal with a company called IAG Research out of New York. And every night they buy... Uh, email over the internet communicate with 5,000 to 6,000 people who they choose from a database of 1.5 million people and they ask those people to tell them uh, what did you see last night 
and then recall for us the content of the show and the content of the commercial you saw. And the main reason they want the content of the show is to make sure you actually watched, because what they're really after is to find out whether you remember the commercial or not. Mm-hmm. And then they apply a kind of quantitative rating to that. So NBC is able to go to a big advertiser and say, look, uh, not only will I tell you how many people are going to watch, but we're going to guarantee the level of engagement that those people will achieve based on this IAG rating. And they're doing those deals at this point, and it's very controversial, but NBC is the first one to do it. And uh, if they don't meet those guarantees, that means they do have to give them back. Uh, they're not going to give them back their money, but they do give them additional commercial time, which depletes their inventory and costs them money. And so uh, we're going to see how this works out and whether or not others jump on board. A lot of money riding on 5,000 people that are filling out email interviews. Is this a, uh, a reflection of the, what, desperation of NBC to generate uh, ad revenue? What do you think is going on there? Well, cynics certainly say that the reason NBC is doing this is because they were in fourth place last season and they're having such a bad time that they had to come up with a gimmick just to try and sell any ad time or to sell out their ad time. Uh, and maybe that's the reason. When I asked the uh, folks at NBC, however, of course, they see it differently. They see this as a progressive move to be more satisfying to their advertisers. And at a time that they're trying to convince the advertisers to uh, switch to commercial ratings, to count DVR viewing, and so many other changes are going on, this is a nice thing they can say. You know, not only, you know we're going to guarantee that people actually watch your commercials and they actually remember them, that they weren't in the john and they didn't skip the commercial. And, and if not, we're gonna, you're not going to have to pay for it. That's very appealing to advertisers today who live in a very insecure world where they're not really sure who's watching and when most of the time. So would you expect the other networks to follow this uh, controversial move that NBC's uh, lined up with? Well, certainly if it turns out to be a big bonanza for NBC, they're all going to take a good look at it. There's a problem with IAG in that uh, back about 15 years ago, Congress actually passed a law that created an agency that rates the rating agencies. In other words, Nielsen and other people who claim to rate television go before this panel, and uh, they get certified that their research methods are up to par and that the whole thing works. And then the industry kind of says, well, that's like our good our, our seal of approval, and then we'll do that. Well, IEG refuses to go through this certification process. The president of IEG says, we don't need that. Our certification is that we have all these blue-chip clients who work with us they're satisfied. We've showed them how we do our research. We don't have to go and, and get this thing. But the head of CBS research said to me, this is an obstacle for us, and until they get that certification, we're not really sure we can or will use this. So, well, there's going to be some pressure going forward to do this, and advertisers love it. They're going to want more of it. There's also reasons to kind of take it slow and make sure the methodology is uh, actually accurate. It's the Advertising Show. Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth, our special guest out of L.A., Alex Ben Block, senior columnist, HollywoodToday.net, and an expert on a whole bunch of stuff as it relates to uh, television. Go ahead, Brad. Yeah, just uh, as an aside, are, are there are there are listeners going to be able to access the uh, article that I mentioned out of uh, the TV Academy magazine? I believe Emmy? If they go to Emmy.org and then look for Emmy magazine. Uh, sometime in the next couple of weeks, the article should be up. Good. Thank you for that clarification. Advertising Show being powered by Shipple.com. It's SC. HIPUL.com, and it's a platform called Tendency. It is absolutely killer for web marketing. Check it out at Shipple.com. Back with more with uh, Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe and Alex Ben Block on the Advertising Show.
Why do more media professionals read IWantMedia.com? IWantMedia.com features reports from industry leaders and media personalities. IWantMedia.com gives you quick access to news, stats, trade orgs, and industry publications, and it's updated daily. Forbes says IWantMedia.com contains everything media professionals need to stay ahead of the game. The Washington Post calls it the source for the serious media geek. Do you get it? If you don't, you should. To sign up for free daily email alerts, visit IWantMedia.com. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. Stronger than dirt. The Advertising Show, theadvertisingshow.com with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. And our special guest is Alex Benlock, senior columnist at HollywoodToday.net. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Yeah, and before we get you uh, on your way today, we're going to definitely get your way in on, on something you mentioned earlier about the, uh, oh, I don't know, lack of a better way of saying it, just the uh, offline, traditional, non-traditional, I should say, effort that many of these networks are taking and utilizing the Internet for an alternative uh, not only distribution channel, but obviously revenue channel. And I know NBC.com has some interesting things going on with uh, building your own branch of the office, which we reported on uh, several weeks ago. But before we do that, uh, Murdoch uh, has all in the news and, and his uh, news corp. And uh, in particular, before we talk about his interest in the Wall Street Journal, let's first get your way in on news corp uh, and their uh, NBC tie-in with wanting to compete with YouTube. Right. Uh, a few months ago, uh, when YouTube was big news, a lot of the big media companies got together and said, well, rather than just giving our product to YouTube and letting them get rich, maybe we should have our own uh, place that people can upload videos and see videos. And several of the partners dropped out, and in the end, News Corp., the parent company of Fox, and NBC Universal decided to launch what is going to be a major competitor to YouTube. And this joint venture has been busy signing content partners and and, uh, getting ready to go. And uh, recently they've made deals to show, uh, of course, their own programs like 24 and The Office. But also they've made deals with AOL and Yahoo and MSN and MySpace. uh, And more recently with CNET and uh, Comcast uh, and all of their channels, including the E! Channel and uh, some of the others are all going to be available through this. Uh, and so uh, they're building all these distribution partners as well as content partners. And uh, at this point, they're planning to launch uh, probably by sometime later this year, uh, or they hope actually this summer. And they hope this is going to be an aggressive response to YouTube and to Google, and that uh, they will eventually be able to offer you full-length, feature-length TV programs, movies, and all kinds of other content from 20 or more networks and top movie studios now, the question is, will people still, you know, I, I'm sure they'll go and sample it, but that doesn't mean YouTube is going to go out of business. Mm-hmm. And YouTube has that sort of uh, young, modern, uh, you know, pirate feel to it, in a sense, although they're far from pirates, uh, whereas this is going to be the official venture. So uh, there are going to be more of these, but this is a very powerful thing, and a lot of money is being put into it. And uh, we'll know by later this year whether or not it's going to make a difference. And when and with all this uh, user-generated content that's uh, coming off of these platforms, when when does this begin to have a major effect on TV shows that we're seeing today? 
Well, user-generated content is, uh, is going to have an impact. What's already having an impact is the change in distribution. You know, if you go back only 10 years, 15 years, the only way you could get uh, a major TV show like 24 or Desperate Housewives on ABC was to watch the local affiliated station in your market when they ran that show, whether originally or in rerun. Well, now, of course, not only do we have the DVR and uh, the ability to record, but now a lot of those shows are available on websites. The CBS site, uh, for instance, will show you Survivor, the episodes the day after, or the ABC site will show you uh, Desperate Housewives the day after. And it's available on iTunes. You can upload it in that way and multiple other platforms. And so, really, this has been a huge change, uh, and it's making a lot of the affiliates a little nervous, to tell you the truth because they're no longer uh, the exclusive place they were. And so one of the reasons we're seeing the ratings for the networks go down, a lot of people think, is you don't have to watch it on the channel when it happens. You're not going to watch it on the Internet. And with uh, the new uh, systems from Apple and Microsoft, you can easily move it from your computer to your main television set in your living room uh, effortlessly, wirelessly. And so, uh, you know, everything on the Internet as well as everything on TV is all fair game now when you sit down and choose what you're going to watch. Yeah, and just to uh, play off of that, and we'll hold till next segment to get your way in on Rupert Murdoch and Wall Street Journal, but uh, NBC.com, they've got a uh, site where you can build your own branch of the office and, of course, office from the TV program, the office, to encourage uh, users to work for so-called Dunder Mifflin, that being the program that the uh, program's all, uh, the mo- I'm sorry, the company that the program's all based around. Uh, your thoughts on uh, the potential the success of something like this? Well, you know, this is about promotion. And think how involved you have to be to go in and take an episode of The Office and recut it yourself on your computer. You're thinking about those characters. You're getting personally involved with that show. This is a wonderful way to build brand loyalty. And that's what a lot of this is really about. That's why even George Lucas, uh, with some original Star Wars material, has made some stuff available so that his fans can take it and edit it any way they want and kind of make their own little Star Wars movies or shorts. And NBC is doing something similar, and uh, I'm not sure this is a big revenue source, but I think that it is a fun thing to do. It will drive some traffic, but mostly it's a great way to build that loyal viewership. Yeah, what a great thing to do. Well, how creative as well. What a cool thing to happen. We've got Alex Ben Block on the Advertising Show with Ray Sillins and Brad Forsythe. We've got another segment to spend with Alex, and we will do that in just a minute. How can 18 different companies all sell the exact same thing known as water? It starts here in Advertising Age, the leading source for marketing, advertising, media, and ideas. For almost 75 years, we've covered the most thought-provoking, groundbreaking stories in the industry, giving you the competitive edge to be a leader. Your job demands you not only have good ideas, but great ideas. And those great ideas have to start somewhere. And that somewhere is in the pages of Advertising Age and also online at adage.com. How can you get someone's attention if you don't have $10 million in a celebrity endorsement? It starts here in Advertising Age, the leading source for marketing, advertising, media, and ideas. For almost 75 years, we've covered the most innovative and groundbreaking stories in the industry, giving you the competitive edge to be a leader. The next big idea demands out-of-the-box thinking. Start your search for greatness in the pages of Advertising Age and also online at adage.com. Simplifying the complex world of advertising. 
To reach Ray and Brad with your questions, log on to theadvertisingshow.com. This is The Advertising Show. You worked too hard, you ate too much, the cheesecake made you greedy, let your aching head and stomach hear this message from Old Speedy. Alka-Seltzer, blop, blop, fizz, fizz, oh, what a relief. Good news, we've got one more segment with Alex Ben Block here at The Advertising Show, along with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Yes, uh, and by the way, uh, HollywoodToday.net, you want to read more about uh, our guest today, Alex Ben Block, senior columnist uh, there at uh, Hollywood Today. You know, I don't know if a lot of people, people associate, I think, uh, Rupert Murdoch, News Corp, with Fox and uh, in particular, and what he did in bringing Fox uh from the ashes with uh, the NFL and, and a lot of other interesting moves. But, you know, here's a guy, and you can give the background on it, Alex, that uh, has uh, a colorful past when it comes to solid <laughs> journalism, to say the least. And uh, here he is going after the, uh, uh, should we say, lusting after uh, the Wall Street Journal, uh, the, the true uh, uh, stalwart publication of, of uh, North America. Talk a little bit about, of course, he's been in the news as well, as opposed to just his company and talking about his interest in, in the Wall Street Journal. Talk a little bit about, if you would, Alex, both Rupert Murdoch as the person and his background, and what this really means if he's successful in going after the Wall Street Journal and acquiring that publication. Well, it would be a huge coup if he gets it, and it's going to allow him to launch the Fox News Channel in a very powerful way. But let's go back for a moment to what you were talking about. Not everybody realizes Rupert Murdoch was actually born into a newspaper family. He has ink in his blood in a symbolic sense. His father owned newspapers in Australia and was a very well-known journalist in Australia in his day. When Murdoch was a senior in college and was in England, his father unfortunately passed away. And so the following year, Murdoch came and he took over a couple of small papers in Australia, and that was the beginning of what became one of the great media empires in history. He uh, used those assets, he leveraged them to go on to buy other newspapers and TV stations in Australia, then in England, and then in the United States, and then around the rest of the world he has media as well. And uh, certain things have stayed with him, though. He loves newspapers and he loves the Wall Street Journal. You know, uh, as we all know, consumer newspapers are in trouble today. They've lost a lot of their classified advertising, which was very lucrative, a lot of the department stores and other big advertisers have consolidated uh, and merged, so there's just fewer people who buy those big display ads anymore. Uh, and there's lots of other places now to take your ads, online to Craigslist or online to any of the million different websites. But the Wall Street Journal is different because it's business news. It's very specific. For somebody who's in business, this is like a carpenter needs his hammer and his uh, toolbox well, the businessman in finance or in marketing needs the Wall Street Journal because the quality of the information is so good. And so this is an unusual paper, and it's one of the few publications that's been able to get people to pay to subscribe to their online product, which is huge in this world where everybody thinks they should get everything for free. And yeah. so when Murdoch's offer, which was generous compared to what the stock price was, was first offered, people said, well, they're never going to sell to them. But I predicted then, and I continue to predict now, he's got a very good chance of getting this paper. And even recently, the Bancroft family, who control the paper, after first saying they would not meet with Murdoch, said, yes, we will meet with Murdoch, and they seem to be softening in their determination. And while a lot of the journalists on the paper have said, look, if Murdoch takes it over, we're out of here, we're going to walk, uh, Murdoch has no doubt that he can come in, 
restaff it. He has said that he will step down from actively running News Corp and spend six months or more just refashioning the Wall Street Journal in his own image if he gets this paper. And, of course, he wants to use it to launch the Fox Business Channel. As you know, the Fox News Channel is one of the great phenomenal success stories in history. Whether you like it or not, uh, it beats CNN and MSNBC on a regular basis in the ratings, and it's become a big moneymaker, and they recently got huge, uh, like 10,000% increases in the fees they get from cable operator from less than a dollar, less than a dime up to over a dollar uh, per sub, per month. And so the Fox Business Channel uh, is going to have distribution as well. But if it was the Wall Street Journal Channel, they feel that's much more powerful. So Murdoch understands that he can pay a big price for the journal now, but he's going to make a lot more money and be a lot more powerful. And the other thing about Murdoch is he understands that the power that comes with it is also political power. And that's very important to him to get the things done the way he wants, when he wants. And he's uh, never been hesitant to use his muscle as the owner of big media to push his conservative slant on politics. And, uh, you know, the Wall Street Journal is already pretty conservative, but Murdoch would take it to the next level. And just to wrap up on that subject, I've heard a lot about uh, Murdoch and his involvement with his publications in the past and maybe leaning a little bit on uh, editors and others and influencing what uh, gets in the newspaper and what doesn't. Any concern there with uh, Wall Street Journal and, and Murdoch? Well, you have to be concerned because yeah. there are a lot of reports. Now, Murdoch is not going to be hands-on in the sense he's going to be there editing every day. But, for instance, there were reports that with some of his news organizations when he was in a very sensitive negotiation with the Chinese over satellite services and Internet business in China, that he basically said to his news organizations, don't write or say anything negative about China. Now, if he'll do it then, he'll do it again. And so, uh, well, you know, Murdoch, from a business point of view, is doing what's right for his business. From a news point of view, I think there are reasons for concern. Before we let you go, uh, quickly, just a minute or so left, Katie Couric, uh, CBS Evening News, what's going on with her? Well, it's a ratings disaster. Uh, she now uh, is achieving ratings that are lower than anything Dan Rather ever did. <laughs> uh, we're going back years and years to uh, find some comparison. Uh, you know, I personally like Katie Couric. Uh, you know, the whole thing with the perky and so forth. I think she's very sincere, and I think CBS is putting on a pretty good news show. But for whatever reasons, people have decided that they don't like watching Katie Couric do the news and that uh, they would prefer to go to ABC and NBC. And both of those shows are clobbering Katie on a regular basis in terms of ratings. And so all those changes, you know, that happened a while ago when Katie jumped from NBC Today to CBS News and Meredith Vieira went over to replace her uh, and other changes, uh, a lot of those haven't worked out the way people thought they were going to. And, uh, you know, CBS says they're sticking by Katie Couric. I hope that's true. But, uh, you know, a while back they said they're sticking by her indefinitely. Now they're saying, well, you know, we're going to take a look at it in a year or so and see how things are going. Hmm. They've invested a lot in her. Uh, there's also rumors that CBS may be trying to buy CNN again and combine it and kind of rechange their whole news profile. CNN is denying that. But uh, Les Moonves and CBS are very aggressive and if they see an opportunity to save money and build a higher profile and give Katie a new platform, 
Who knows what the future is going to bring? Well, they're going to bring Matt over to do the sports and Al over to do the weather. So, I, you know, that'll be just fine, I think. Hey, Alex, it's always a pleasure. Make while he's there, too. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Always a pleasure to have you on the advertising show. You uh, contribute so much. We appreciate the, uh, the alliance. Thank you, guys. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Alex. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. It's the advertising show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth, and we are uh, going to be back with uh, more, believe it or not, in just a minute. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. You know me. Would you believe I'm Bugs Bunny? I'm also the voice of many other cartoon characters. But in here, they don't care if I'm Elmer Fudd. So I carry an American Express card, the one card I need for travel and entertainment. Thanks a bunch to Alex Ben Block for being with us here the second week in a row on The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Taddy Hall's going to be with us next week. Taddy uh, was with us, what, uh, do you know how long ago oh, that was? Oh, probably about a year and a half. Or year and a half? Okay, Maybe there's a brand new book that he's got out. It's called the, uh, he's actually a co-author with his cohorts at the, uh, at the, at the place. It's the uh, Online Advertising Playbook. And it's uh, kind of cool. So it'll be fun to, to talk with Ted. He's from the Advertising Research uh, Federation, right? That is, hold on, Advertising ARF. Research. Advertising Research Federation, yeah, also known right. as ARF. 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 So, so Teddy's, Teddy's up with us. I wonder if he'd like us calling it ARF. Well, I don't. It's well, that, fine. We'll check with him. They shouldn't have named it that. Well, no, they they've didn't. got it written here on this little card, ARF, so we can oh. call it the research authority they're claiming to be. Are they? That's what they say. Well, I'm very pleased about yeah. that. It's very good. And if you're listening from, uh, they've got a couple of young people that I understand uh, working there that he's taken under his wings. So I don't know if he's flying as high as he usually does, but he mentioned <laughs> that he's got an intern and another young female that he's grooming uh-huh. uh, for the future of their life in advertising and maybe there at the uh, at the foundation. So uh, there you go. follow what Ridgeway says. That's his real name. Ridgeway. Taddy. Yes. Taddy Ridgeway Hall. That's a great little moniker that he it has. It really is. You know, I was visiting Taddy Hall once. <laughs> Did you really? It's a great bar. You, knock, a- you knock twice. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And you true. mention Taddy and you get in. That's true. Thing. Here's Patrick Meyer. We know this. Women hold the secret on the advertising show. They do. Yeah, they really do. Go ahead, Patrick. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider featuring Patrick Meyer. I like to think of myself as a progressive male. And yet sometimes I think, oh, my God, I think I would scream if I was a woman the way business is today in a male-dominated world. But the irony of it all is that women are the secret, the driver behind so many brands. They make most decisions, and yet so often things have a tendency to be neutral or male-dominated. Here are a couple of facts to consider. 60% of car purchase decisions are made by women. Almost all of the household decisions are made or influenced by women. So here's a simple way to crack open the power and the potential of women. Number one, put together a team. An all-female team is ideally, but it doesn't have to be. Emotionally, intrinsically, headset-wise, women know how to market to women. Second, go right to the insights. What's important to women in your category? What are the perceptions? But start to crack open the insights behind women and your brand. Third, identify what would be the things that they would love to have. In the beer category, women like beer, but in a different way from men. They don't want to consume it on all the same occasions, and they like a beer that's lighter and more refreshing. Third, create a roadmap. What are your core strategies? How do you touch women over the next several years? 
Fourth, create an autopilot plan with your agencies that can run 12 months of the year because that's how women make decisions and how they buy. That's print and it's online. How do you create a plan that touches them on an ongoing basis? Lastly, make sure you get the metrics in place to watch your business start to grow with women. That, my friends, is a way to crack open the secret with women. You've been listening to The Marketing Insider, heard every week here on The Advertising Show. Join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing. I'm Patrick Meyer, and remember, the marketing revolution is now. So as I was saying, right down the street from uh, Taddy Hall, uh, where Sinatra used to hang out when he was a kid. Hoboken. Yeah, Hoboken. Yeah, uh, no. Taddy Hall's our guest, uh, Chief Strategy Officer of the Advertising Research Foundation. And uh, the new book, uh, as we said before, it's called The Online Advertising Playbook. And uh, we'll get a chance to talk with Taddy next. And they got a strong subtitle on that book. What's the subtitle there? I can't reach it. No. Hold on. I'll be right back. Yeah, reach over. Ray's going over there. He's pulling it over. Here yeah, I'm back. Is. Yes. Proven strategies and tested ta- tactics from the Advertising Research Foundation. See, I did that on purpose. Those last Thanks. two, is it's a tongue twister. <laughs> and if you say it real quickly, you're going to have to go see your doctor and call. Hey, hey, hey. Turn your head. Jacket image, by the way, is from Corbis. Yeah, so well, look at the picture. They're using clip art. Why would you use clip art on this It's book? interesting. You've got a picture of Taddy there in the back with the other four guys. Exactly. Three guys, there's uh, there's Bob uh, Broccoli. I mean, Baracci. Yes. Wouldn't want to mispronounce a Baracci name. Right, nor the plumber. Uh, uh, Taddy, of course, Steve Rappaport, and uh, Joe Plummer. Plummer. Uh, who was, uh, used to be with McCann Erickson, executive VP for uh, right. McCann Erickson. You know, uh, they say once you're with somebody and then your career's all washed up, you end up at the Advertising Federation. <laughs> no, I'm joking about that. These guys are really bright people. Oh, yeah. I'm serious oh, yeah. about that. I, a lot of good I stuff joke. going on there. Yeah. Uh, there's a new hotel chain out. Uh, I don't know. I guess this is a big attraction for Hooters? the kids. No, but that would be interesting. Oh, that's the airline. Absolutely, yeah. Is that still going? No, I'm not even sure. didn't make it. No, okay. Uh, Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon is launching the Marriott chain, a hotel chain, the Nickelodeon Marriott International Real Estate Development Company, Miller Global Properties. I wonder if they make the A bunch beer. of kids running around in the lobby. Exactly. It's uh, Nickelodeon <laughs> Resorts by Marriott. Oh, boy. And the first hotel filled with such favorite uh, Nickelodeon characters like SpongeBob SquarePants, mm-hmm. Diego, Dora the Explorer, set right. to open in San Diego in uh, 2010 and plans for uh, 20 hotels around the world by 2020. So I'm guessing that yeah. there's no adults-only pool there. And I also assume <laughs> that the uh, bars are packed after 9 when the kids are in bed. <laughs> And they stay up an extra hour or two late uh, till 3 in the morning. I don't know. It says it's a terrific next step toward a world-class partner for our booming recreation business. Uh, and they say water parks will be the focal point of the hotels. Right. There's the pool. Yeah. Even where the guest rooms, uh, with even guest rooms and restaurants, will be built with Nickelodeon themes with kids in mind. So you can get the filet. <laughs> With French fries. Right. Something like that. Right. And uh, The mo- kiddies menu is bigger than the adult. The moon's over my hammy. Have you ever had those? No. <laughs> no, I haven't. It's probably the healthiest thing at Denny's. Really? It's not, that's not saying much. Okay? No, that's true. Yeah, anyway, so look for a Nickelodeon. Look for the kids to want to go to a Nickelodeon Near hotel yes. uh, where they'll start in San Diego. That'd be a great destination in itself just to go to check out the, the latest hotel. A lot of old people down in San Diego, so I guess I'll have the grandkids there. Wait a minute, my, my aunt lives there. Oh, well, how old so, is she? She's not a, well, she's old. There you go. <laughs> You're verifying that. <laughs> she lived in La Jolla before La Jolla was La Jolla. 
I don't know why the old people have to take up all the nice places like Florida and Southern California. Phoenix, don't forget that. Well, that's yeah, true. Something like that. Just, a, just a place to weather your skin. <laughs> Boy, ain't that a fact. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed the show today with Alex Ben Block, and we'll look forward to uh, hooking up with uh, Taddy Hall next week, the uh, Chief Strategy Officer at ARF. ARF. And uh, we also have uh, more to come as the summer progresses here on the Advertising Show with Ray Schillings and Brad Forsythe. Being powered by Schiffle.com, it's uh, Tennessee. It's a platform that uh, helps you get one killer marketing website as well, so it's good stuff. The Advertising Show is brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. Visit them online at adage.com. The Advertising Show is a big radio midgets production.